0: Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio Interactive live chat room at TNTradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The voice of a changing world, Chris Smith. On today's News Talk Radio, TNT. G'day, g'day. Welcome to the program on this 24th
1: day of November, which means one thing, of course. 24th of November, we'll be singing Christmas carols in about four weeks time. Boy, didn't that sneak up? Isn't that scary? Scary, not just about the four weeks, but about the fact that we'll be singing in four weeks time too, which is not good when you've got a voice like mine. Thank goodness for Black Friday too, which gives us Slack shoppers a reminder, nice and early to hurry up, chase the discounts and buy people gifts for Christmas because You can't leave it until Christmas Eve every year of your life. Um, I've done a bit of that today, I can tell you. I feel very, very uh, sanctified by the Christmas shopping bug, and uh, we'll return to the sport of bargain shopping a little bit later. In this edition, while 30 million people will travel by air this Thanksgiving across the United States, well, they should expect an air marshal to be looking after their lives, right? No, wrong. Don't expect an air marshal to be there if there's a potential drama, maybe even a deadly drama mid-air. I'll explain why in a second. It is a shocking state of events. My special guest today is a fellow who's been in the headlines recently, and his name is Professor John Clauser, who we've had on the program before. He's been in the headlines for his accusatory language over climate change. He has dropped the bucket, thankfully, on the United Nations, on the World Economic Forum, applause please, and the Catholic Church. I'm trying to work out the connection between the Catholic Church and climate change. I think I can work it out, but we'll let John Clauser explain all of that and explain why he's given them both barrels in the last week and a half from down under today, three fabulous commentators from three very different walks of life. New South Wales Liberal Democratic leader, John Ruddick will jump on this week's Biggest Stories, our regular, our Friday political animal, including the election of two conservative leaders in two different countries. And if you think about what happened in the first week of the month, three conservative leaders in three different countries. What is happening to the world? The environmental economist Dr Alan Moran has two major issues to launch into on the show today. Why Australia's economic failures are homegrown, not my words, not even his, it's come out of the mouth of the Reserve Bank Governor, and the water war over the Murray-Darling Basin, this is seemingly endless, but we'll unpack it for you, narrow down what it really means and what we are losing in the process. Plus. I'm sharing a little bit today. Yeah, I'm feeling generous. I've hit the 350 day mark in my efforts for lifelong sobriety, 350 days. And of course, cleaning up my social behavior in the process. And I'll introduce you to one of the major reasons why I've been able to get this far. And you might find that the beneficial beer company is also a handy thing for you as well, but we'll get to those people a little bit later. Our talkback lines, they are open right now. I'd love to hear what you've got to say. It doesn't matter what topic it is. It can be something not related to what, what we're covering here. We don't have a mortgage on the most important issues in the world. Your opinions count, and they count big time. So you can give me a call if you're listening from the United States or Canada on this number, one 201 6425 from the UK, 033. 0024 1026 just gone 5am in uk and in australia and new zealand 1-800-670-310 you're with chris smith broadcasting live from sydney for the next two hours on the global news talk network Live.
2: it's the stuff it's that division people
0: are talking about and that cluelessness that they want to push today's news talk radio tnt
1: Now, as you would have heard throughout the program this week on on, on just about every other program on TNT Radio, we have gone video. We are video streaming. So all you have to do is go and find your favorite video streaming service. And I reckon I'd like to have a bet with you that that video streaming service is video streaming us, TNTradio.live. Have a look at YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, X, you name it, they're downstreaming it, and more and more streaming services are taking it up uh, as we get through this week. This is our first week to do so, and the reaction has been fantastic, which um we're thankful for. Thank you. Now, I just want to, before I get to my editorial at the top of the show, I just want to get to two moving breaking stories. A lot of people are getting very confused about if and when these hostages are going to be released. It's changing every half day. Well, the first 13 of the 50 hostages held by Hamas inside Gaza are due to be released later today. Now, the ceasefire starts in about an hour from now. Once that kicks in, you will find that in... uh, Several hours after that, that is 1 a.m. Australian time, which is from here, 7 a.m. Israel time, you will find the first of the 13 of 50 hostages released. Now, why it's 13 of 50, i got no idea. It was 50-odd. And now it's gone back to 13 once it's been delayed by a day. Hamas agreed earlier this week to secure the release of 50 women and children among the 240 hostages. There's still plenty to go. Now, as part of the agreement, Israel is hoping to incentivize Hamas by saying it will extend the four-day truce by an extra day for every 10 additional hostages released. In exchange for the hostages Hamas is releasing, 150 Palestinian prisoners, mostly teenage boys. So that's the latest on that. It could change. It could change in the hour, but if it does, we'll let you know. Um, It's a moving feast. Let's just hope that Hamas keeps its end of the bargain and that the ceasefire on Israel's side begins in less than an hour from now as well. Meanwhile, we've had violent protests erupting in Ireland's capital, Dublin, as we've been covering on the news. After four people, including three young children, were injured in a suspected knife attack, crowds of protesters clashed with police in the city centre on Thursday, hours after a five-year-old girl and a woman in her 30s was seriously injured in the attack outside a school. Police say they were receiving emergency treatment. Two other children, a five-year-old boy and a six-year-old girl, suffered less serious injuries. These are toddlers. The boy has been discharged from hospital, According to the Irish broadcaster RTE, the woman works at the school and cares for the children. It sounds a domestic dispute, but we don't know that for a fact. Okay, once again, happy Thanksgiving to our audience in the United States. Uh, If you're travelling to see family, please take it easy on the roads, but enjoy the break, and I hope you do. The bad news is if you're travelling by air, you won't have the peace of mind knowing that there's an air marshal on board. That's right. Despite being used to protect travellers from terrorists, hijackers or violent drunks or those who were drugged out as they board, and this has been going on since 1961, they won't be around this Thanksgiving. None of them. Air marshals were always meant to be invisible. Well, you can guarantee that this Thanksgiving. Ironically, the Biden administration has been hijacking air marshals for all kinds of other duties, leaving the passengers they were meant to guard and protect completely helpless. If a threat occurs in midair this Thanksgiving, you've got to handle it yourself. Here's how Air Marshal National Council Director, Sonia Labosco explained it this week to Fox News.
3: We're not flying right now. The only missions that we're doing are quiet skies missions. And those are missions that are following the January 2021 people. So we're either on the border uh, for illegal immigrants or we're following folks from January 2021. We're not doing our regular missions where we're out there looking for the bad guys. So right now on uh, most flights, you're not gonna have air marshals. What
4: do you mean by that? You're following January 2021 people. What does that mean?
3: That means our primary mission is a little group called Quiet Skies. It's a mission called Quiet Skies that we're following people that flew into the National Capital Region in January 2021. You did not have to go to the Capitol or the rally, and you've been put on a specific list that TSA now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had uh, any type of criminal investigation. They haven't committed a crime, but yet three years later, we're following the same individuals day in and day out. What?
1: Now, Labosco's reference to immigrants, let's get to that firstly. That's because air marshals have been lumbered with assisting the chaos on the southern border. They might be called air marshals, but an unknown number are now seconded to work on the ground. Maybe they're ground marshals now, marshalling illegal immigrants on the border and doing the job supposedly meant for the United States Customs and Border Protection. Where are they? This is all controlled by the Department of Homeland Security, which, as we all know, has had a shocking year trying to stem the tide of illegal immigrants and getting it wrong. The Transportation Security Administration is also part of the decision to reassign air marshals, but they've obviously just caved into the bully boys in Homeland Security. To further highlight what an appalling decision that is, Sonia Lobosco says that the border, air marshals are deployed to simply pass out water. Pass out water. They're water boys and girls. As for chasing innocent travellers from January 6th, this is a doozy. It is just appalling. What a waste of taxpayers' money. What a waste of an experienced army of effective air marshals who are now tailing The same innocent Americans they have been tailing for three years, just because on January the 6th, three years ago, they flew into Washington, D.C. Operation Quiet Skies, it's called. It's a gross misuse of resources and a disgraceful monitoring of law-abiding business travellers. It's shameful. Talk about being obsessed by controlling the masses. The administration nailed 561 people for what they allegedly did on January the 6th. A whopping 335 have been jailed thus far. Is that not enough for the haters of the right, for the Trump haters? Is that not enough? Obviously not. LaBosco admits the 30 million air travellers boarding flights this Thanksgiving, so from here all the way through until Sunday or Monday, have every right to feel ripped off and unsafe.
3: I think you should be very concerned. When you're boarding the aircraft, you need to look around to see who you might be able to, to ask to help you, like a good Samaritan, because you're kind of you're on your own. If anything happens, please don't wait. There's going to be no law enforcement that's going to help you. So you need to have a plan. Look where the exit doors are. Look where your flight attendants are standing around you. But I would look at other passengers to see, you know, I would be looking around for a football player or somebody, a pretty big guy or a couple big guys, in case you needed to take action. Wow. Wow.
1: Wow, wow, all right. Look around for a football player. That's what you're supposed to do when you're in trouble now because air marshals are not present. They're handing out water as ground marshals on the border. Like, seriously. In terms of what's erupted in the Middle East and the fact that some of the most notorious Hamas terrorists would be, surfing, would be searching for safe haven right now, makes sense. That safe haven could easily be the United States of America. The bigger the crowd, the bigger the population, the easier it is to meld in and get lost. But no air marshals in America trained to detect possible terrorist threats on flights. Sorry, they're doing something else this weekend. You are on your own. For goodness sake, who is in charge of that country? This is TNT Radio.
5: TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Homeland Security was built with an emphasis of protecting this country. What it's turned into under the Obama years is the targets of terrorists coming into the U.S. after 9-11 were switched. The targets now are the good American people. Anybody that's God-loving or if you go to a school board and you happen to say, hey, I don't want my kids being pushed pornography in the school. This stuff's being pushed on our children People that went to these school boards and said something, they're being targeted by this government, this Obama-Biden government. Same with the Catholic Church. People that have gone to these uh, abortion clinics and prayed, they have been targeted. One individual uh, had a, a, a large family one morning, on a Saturday morning, they attacked his house. Uh, the FBI and police, came and knocked down his door, carted him away, and it's, his crime was that he was praying at abortion clinics, basically. That's who's being targeted by this Biden-Obama regime.
0: Joe hawk on TNT Radio. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, It's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to TNTradio.live. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. A lot of reaction on our chat box on TNTradio.live
1: to this quiet skies operation. And the fact that you've got, in the space of consecutively three years, air marshals following the same people to see if they've got a pattern of arriving in Washington DC in the early part of January or in the latter part of the year. Like it's just moronic. Talk about controlling the masses. Thank you very much for your comments. Now, the UN Climate Summit, also known as COP28, will commence on the 30th of November. That's next Thursday. World leaders will fly to the host city, Dubai, in the United Arab Emirates, to attend this lavish event, which lasts until the 12th of December, make sure when you see the pictures of the event, you count the private jets that arrive. You know, all of those CO2 emitting jets? Uh, while the technocratic elites fly first class or take their private jets to the event, they'll hypocritically be telling everyone else to reduce their carbon dioxide emissions as if carbon dioxide was the control knob to Earth's temperature. Scientists buying into this absurd theory may be happy to join the global warming gravy train. It pays well to talk up climate alarmism, as we know. But other scientists dissent from the UN's IPCC climate propaganda, one of whom joins me right now. Dr. John Clauser is an American experimental and theoretical physicist, best known for his contributions to the foundations of quantum mechanics. He is a joint recipient of the 2022 Nobel Prize in Physics for Experiments with Entangled Photons, Establishing the Violation of Bell Inequalities and Pioneering Quantum Information Science. I'm sure the sector knows what that means, but I don't. Dr. Clauser was awarded the Wolf Prize in Physics in 2010. In 1998, he invented and patented technology which allows X-ray phase contrast medical imaging of soft tissue. He joins us live from California. Dr. John Clauser, welcome to TNT Radio once again. Hello, Chris. You've you've received recent media coverage regarding your views on climate change, including an article in the Washington Post last week. I had to applaud when I read it, or some of it. Have you received any fair media coverage, or to the contrary? What did you think of the article?
6: Um, reasonably, uh, reasonably accurate. Uh, I think they worried a little bit more about. Um, uh, what I was wearing than what I said, but other than that, <laughs> uh, I I thought it was reasonably, uh, uh reasonably accurate. Well, did basic... you, did you
1: choose what you were wearing or did they tell you what to wear?
6: No, no, I chose what I'm wearing. <laughs> <It's essentially laughs> the same shirt I'm wearing now. And, and, uh, uh, a sports jacket. <laughs> but anyway, so my basic message is that the planet is not in peril. This is a, uh, I consider this to be good news uh, that there is no climate crisis, but there are a lot of people uh, who this attitude upsets.
1: (laughs) You're not wrong. I guess we've got to be thankful for small mercies because there you are as someone who contradicts the doomsday forecast from the IPCC and their climate alarmism, and not many of those kinds of people get any publicity whatsoever. So you've been censored at times, but in this case, you weren't censored. We should be thankful for small mercies, right?
7: <laughs> well,
6: thank you. Uh, yes. Um, actually, I'm not alone. There is a growing number of of uh, uh, reasonably uh, distinguished scientists uh, who were in my uh, my camp? Uh, Will Happer, who just uh, was on my faculty when I was a graduate student at Columbia, uh, and the list goes on: uh, Art Robinson, Willie Soon, Fred Singer, uh, uh, Judith Curry, lots of others, and most recently uh, uh, Steve uh, Coonin, uh who just published a a in a very important book, uh, Unsettled. Uh, what climate science uh, tells us and what it doesn't, and why it's important. And basically, uh, what his, his message, which I fully agree with, is that the IPCC's uh, computer models are totally clueless, if you will. They they've had at least like 40 different ones, they all disagree with each other in their predictions. The predictions are all over the map, and they also can't even uh, explain the past uh, with the, uh, con- any consistency. And I'll, I'll disagree on what their claimed explanation of the past is. And they also point out that uh, the, unlike what the media has been saying, the uh, temperature is actually at least what they measure is the temperature is actually flattened out and uh, uh, seems to be uh, seems to be stabilizing. Um, but the the fact that that these all, all different programs were written by uh, different uh, scientists, most of whom were at Goddard Institute for Space Studies, which is where I got my wrote my PhD dissertation. Uh, they, uh, their predictions are all over the map and in disagreement with each other. And so obviously there's no net consensus even among uh, the group of scientists producing all the computer models. Well, let so me ask you this. consensus consensus is, is totally silly.
1: Let me ask you this. If there's not consensus, are the results and the models that they come up with being falsely collated intentionally, or is it simply that they can't agree on the basic data that they're dealing with, or is the science not settled, Professor? All
6: all of the above are true. Right. (laughs) I thought so. (laughs) That The various scientists don't agree uh, with each other as to what the models are. It is fairly clear that, uh, there is a whole litany of what I consider uh, gross uh, scientific misconduct, if you will. You mean it's it, fudged, it, you mean it's the, fudged data, but they fudged the data, they fudged the equations, uh, very badly, and in fact, the final results uh, are, are, uh basically self inconsistent and or they can't do their own arithmetic and or they come up with totally absurd uh, conclusions regarding what the effective uh, reflectivity of, of of clouds must be. So uh, let alone the fact that they can't either explain the present or, or predict the future. So certainly the, the, there is, I think there's no question that the uh, computer model predictions made by the IPCC is total, are totally uh, untrustworthy.
1: Okay, I want to ask you something. I want to get into the specifics of all of this, the specifics of what's wrong, the specifics of the flaws. Last time we spoke, you told me that cloud cover was important because the more clouds we have, the less impact the sun has, and therefore, the more cooling we get. And my solar panels tell me that too. So my <laughs> app tells me, my app tells me that when it's very cloudy, like it is where I am here today, I don't have too much power uh, being produced by my solar panels. But when there's no cloud cover, the sun's shining brightly, I get a heap of power being produced by my solar panels. So I'm with you on this. But I've heard that many,
6: but there's
1: a, I many, think there's of the story, important- what it would tell me that because there's cloud cover, it heats the planet more. That sounds ridiculous.
6: I think there's more. uh, uh, The the important mechanism uh, that is occurring, I think, has been totally missed. And it is the dominant uh, mechanism in in that the cloud variations, which are enormous, some days it's cloudy, some days it's not. uh, And especially, uh, okay. so if it's uh, the mechanism is that this variation in the clouds acts as a natural thermostat that, at which controls the, the temperature of the earth and maintains uh, a stable uh, cloud cover. The average cloud cover uh, coverage is about uh, 67%. That has been verified recently, I've uh, uh, traced down a very nice uh, uh, article by uh, King et al, uh, uh, 2013 where they measured this with uh, Terra and Aqua satellites, very beautiful experiments. And all of that has been totally ignored by the IPCC. And if you look carefully at the data, it is fairly clear that, uh, okay, the cloud cover over the ocean is, uh, the all the oceans, which are like two-thirds of the Earth are ocean, that's about uh, 75%. And over land, it's about 50%. So, so the clouds that drift from ocean to land, like they certainly do on the west coast of the, uh, uh, North America, are the same clouds. And they're the ones that are changing. And it is that variation which is what is stabilizing the temperature of, of the Earth in a very effective way. The effect, If you run the n- numbers through, which I have, and you look at the, exactly what uh, has been measured by these uh, satellites. You find that the power of this thermostat is a hundred times more powerful than the claimed imbalance uh, that uh, the IPCC has been reporting for years now. With what I assert are totally fudged uh, uh, data uh they call it or we adjusted the numbers. No, I call it fudge. Yeah. Of course uh, it's fudge. <laughs> so that, that anyway that, that the power of this of the cloud variation is 100 times more powerful than the net imbalance. And totally That's amazing. Dwarfs.
1: It's a, it's a natural it's a natural thermostat and a natural equilibrium for the planet. Now, I've got to take a news break. I want to get back to you. I want to talk about the latest doomsday forecast, which is that the planet will warm by three degrees Celsius now this century. We'll get your response on that after a quick news break on TNT Radio. Real News.
0: TNT Radio News.
1: Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Violent riots erupted on the streets of Dublin on Thursday night after several children were injured in a mass stabbing at a primary school which is rumoured to have been committed by a migrant. It's been revealed Germany is running out of money for Ukraine with reports suggesting Berlin won't be able to deliver Kyiv any more tanks than it has already pledged. And the planned ceasefire between Israel and Hamas was due to start on Friday morning with the first hostages expected to be released Friday afternoon.
0: Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio.
1: That's interesting. You heard in that news bulletin that one of the reasons why there were protests was the fact that there was a migrant involved in the... Stabbing of those children, those toddlers, that's what is being distributed or circulated around Dublin, which is why they turned up to protest. But in the early stages, there was a police statement about the possibility it could be a domestic. So it seems as if, whether it's true or not, that's what those protesters who turned up believed it to be some kind of foreigner who's done that. All right, I've got John Klauser with me right now. Let me ask you this. According to a United Nations analysis released Monday, countries' current emissions pledges to limit climate change would still put the world on track to warm by nearly three degrees Celsius this century. Obviously, trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars is not enough. What do you think about this claim of three degrees of warming?
6: Um, I... uh suspect uh, well it's it's a prediction uh and it's like all other other predictions none of their predictions have come true their predictions of, of the depends on you can cherry pick if you want uh from among 40 different uh, or more different computer models that they have made and uh you pick anyone you want if you pick the extreme ones the, that they have been predicted. I mean, they were back in the uh, earlier the the fifth assessment report. They had anywhere from a half a degree to two and a half degrees occurring uh, uh, Celsius occurring uh, temperature increase occurring by 2050. Uh, let alone by the end of the century. So. Uh, uh, like I said before, it, I, and and this is consistent with what uh, uh, Steve Coonan has written in his book, uh, is that these computer models are totally unreliable, unre- and they they I have s- searched down further. I think some of the reasons that they're unreliable they're all all based on uh, different opinions and or different. Uh, They've uh, cherry-picked different data, some of it has been fudged.
1: Now, for my listeners, if if you'd like to ask John, sorry, go ahead, John,
6: go on. But most importantly, their models all leave out the dominant process. In fact, if you look at the equations that they use for what they call the feedback mechanisms, which my thermostat uh, is, they have rigged the equations. In such a way that the sunlight, uh, anything that controls the sunlight uh, input to the Earth, the stuff that's evaporating seawater and making clouds over the Pacific, Grand Pacific Ocean, and the big, the world's big cloud factory, that that any of those feedback mechanisms are totally prohibited. Just by the very structure of the equations, the the equation structure was totally rigged, if you will, to exclude the, the most important process. That is either
1: hideously deceptive and intentionally deceptive, or it's stupid. I, I don't get it. It's got to be stupidity, at least, doesn't it?
6: Um, I wasn't there when they did it, so I can't answer. Yeah. If you want, <laughs> but, to... but 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 your I said I would agree with your set of possibilities.
1: Okay, all right. If you want to ask John Clauser a question, this is uh, an incredible opportunity to do so. So take it, jump on our talkback lines from the United States or Canada or on one eight 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 two zero one six four two five you've got the man ready to answer from the uk zero double three double zero two four one zero two six or from australia and new zealand one eight hundred six seven zero three one zero maybe there's something that has gnawed away at you for years about global boiling and you'd like to ask john clauser a a question because you know the answer is going to be full with filled with common sense well go right ahead right now and you can jump in um i wonder where I wonder whether, because we're getting close to COP28, I wonder whether, as I've said to my listeners time and time again in September and October of this year, get ready for the November onslaught of doomsday-isms, because they will tell us we're beyond boiling, they will tell us we're history, they will tell us that the countries that have all the money need to write bigger checks, all the way up until COP28. Well, isn't it funny it's starting to come true? Do you think that's intentional?
6: The, there is a lot of money involved. That is uh, very clear, uh, and uh, the, uh, there are whole industries that have been created by doing this. It also looks like it's a, a like in the United States, we've had a long history where where the especially the, the whole Republican Party has made it virtually impossible for the country to uh, levy sufficient taxes to, in order to support the government. And people are searching all over for things to tax. And carbon is a nice target. It's a, a CO2, methane have all become the scapegoat for just about every conceivable ill that, has, that plagues us. Uh, Everything really and in particular the, the worst of all is the the energy industry, uh which is sort of pretty much stuck with burning fossil fuels as the only uh way to really uh, work. And worse yet, the CO2 is actually a beneficial gas. There's nothing wrong with it. It's actually good for the environment. For example, if you put Pump CO2 into a greenhouse, you dramatically increase the growth rate of the plants inside. There's nothing wrong with it. There's the amount of CO2 in our mouth is hugely greater than the CO2 in the atmosphere. It is not a poison. It is not a pollutant. And but it's a great scapegoat and it is putting being put forward. By important uh, industrial power concerns, for governmental concerns. Worse yet, people who have made, I mean, these are trillion dollar decisions that people are making. Mm -hmm. And people who make trillion dollar mistakes don't like to have it known that indeed they have made trillion dollar (laughs) mistakes and get very unhappy with people like me who say, hey, guess what? The planet is not in peril. Find some other scapegoat, save trillions and trillions of dollars that are literally being spent, save the money, and spend it on useful things <laughs> uh, they, that uh, there are better th- things that, that governments uh, can do than theirs and certainly what they are doing now for for uh, trying to avert uh, a, a climate crisis uh, is totally silly because I'm fully confident there is no climate crisis.
1: All right. Let, let me take some calls, John. General. Let me take some calls. I've got Dan from Australia
4: who has a
1: question for you. Go ahead, Dan.
4: Hi, uh, uh, Chris. I, you guessed if you'd want to comment, um, if carbon's only 400 parts per million or 0.04%. Daniel, you uh, have to speak up so that John can hear what you're saying. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, okay. So um, <clears throat> if carbon dioxide is a trace gas in the atmosphere, so just to comment from a physics point of view on the absurdity that we're all discussing a trace gas as though it could control the planet's climate, Okay. And just how ridiculous that is. And maybe John could comment on that.
6: Well, it does have some effect. There is a, a very mild greenhouse uh, uh, effect, but it is, uh, and, and yes, uh, CO2 uh, does have that effect. Yes, CO2 is rising. Uh, the famous Keeling curve, I think, is probably very well uh, taken data. I'm very happy to believe. Uh, all, all of it. It uh, looks like that. That was what was some of the the good science that has been done. But there's nothing wrong with it. That it has negligible effect in controlling uh, the the Earth's climate. There are natural fluctuations. There will be highs and lows. There have always been highs and lows. But a lot of it has to do with reporting. There have also been. Changes in the uh, uh, sunlight, the Earth's orbit uh, is not exactly circular. We get closer and farther away from the sun. Uh, there are any number of uh, perturbations, there are, there are El Niño, uh, oscillations of the oceans, and all of these have, yeah. are going to have uh, cause minor perturbations to the, uh, locally to any given temperature. But the as far as I can tell, four, there's nothing wrong with 400 parts per, uh, per million CO2. It, and this is nothing new you, for can, the if, planet. I mean, if you go back like a million years, the, it was 10 times higher. Uh, the, the dinosaurs could not have survived without but, but, uh, the but, large but, CO2. They, they ate a lot uh, of, of food, trees and things like that. And the the planet could not have sustained the, the dinosaurs uh, at four hundred parts per million. It needed the added growth rate. So CO yeah, two is a, good stuff.
1: That's a very good point. It's good stuff,
4: Dan. Well, just just the idea though that a trace gas, it's less than one percent of the atmosphere. It's less. It's 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 less than point one percent of the atmosphere. It's it, it, how can something in such low concentrations in the atmosphere? Why? How ridiculous that we're even talking about it, increasing the temperature by one or two to three degrees. It's, it's never going to happen. It's physically impossible. The physics is impossible.
6: Well, no, it it could it can change uh, maybe we maybe one degree or so, but it, the actually the absorption lines of CO2 are pretty much saturated. So doubling it uh, really will have from 400 to 800 uh, will have really a relatively minor minor effect. And even then, um, I don't see anything seriously wrong with, say, one or two degrees uh, change in temperature. I it's certainly don't happen. believe it that there's mean, a catastrophe or an apocalypse occurring as a result.
4: No. Go on, Dan. Well, well you guess uh not to be disrespectful he's he's wrong to give it that much credibility if you open a can of coke chris you've doubled the co2 concentration in the room and that, sure. it doesn't get warm
6: well no uh, well, I doubt that but uh, but certainly uh I, you exhale uh half a ton of co2 every year so with, um, co2 into the atmosphere just uh just by breathing you're going to uh, and it would be silly to say, "Well, we got to sh- shut off the the people, let alone the cows."
1: Yes, exactly. I've got a rhetoric question for you from Pelly. Uh, Pelly's got a question, John, how long does it take to boil an egg in the ocean now that we've got global boiling?
6: (laughs) Totally silly. I haven't the (laughs) penis. Probably as long as it did without global boiling. (laughs) Yes.
1: And, And another one here, Chris says CO2 is plant nectar remove it, and the earth stops greening and yielding fruit and vegetables. That's why commercial farmers and growers use it in greenhouses.
6: I Pe- agree. Yeah. Exactly what I'm saying. Can we uh, trust uh, the
1: climate-related data from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, John?
6: No. That is one of the worst. Um, there was a – in 2012, uh, the, the, for, for physicists, the – uh, the American Phys- Physical Society, American Institute of Physics, published a very important uh, magazine, uh, trade journal, if you will, uh, called Physics Today. Uh, and there was a, an article written uh, in 2012 by two people, uh, Jane Lubchenko uh, and Thomas Carl, which was scandalous, in my opinion. They uh this they were okay Jane Lubchenko was not a scientist she was an undersecretary of Commerce in charge of uh, climate change. Thomas Carl was a laboratory director in charge also a politician. They had uh, NOAA, the National Oceanographic Atmospheric Association, uh construct a uh extreme weather event index mm-hmm. uh they ca- they added up everything from uh number of floods number of droughts uh number of landfalling hurricanes uh number of hot spells number of cold spells like now they left out curiously uh ef3 plus tornadoes because the data went the wrong way for what they wanted to show. And so they plotted this whole uh, long graph for 100 years worth of data. And they showed this, uh, and plotted it, and published this in Physics Today. Uh, I looked at that as uh, this, their claims from that are preposterous. I was kind of following uh, ideas that kind of I learned from other Nobel laureates uh, at Cal. Uh, You just see, eyeball the data and see that something's wrong here. So I took exactly their data, I traced it, and then I uh, flipped it 180 degrees and put the two graphs side-by-side, one with the time increasing to the right and one with time increasing to the left, sitting side-by-side, and then... uh, remove labels as to which was which, and then I went around and showed it to any number of people. uh, And I say, okay, can you tell which one is correctly plotted and which one is time reversed? Nobody could. Nobody could get it right. It's uh, totally, uh, and the bottom line is people are asking us to bet trillions of dollars that, uh, that we know which way you know, that it's obvious that this shows that global warming and extreme, the frequency of extreme weather events are linked. And in particular, the, it makes t- totally absurd the, the claims, the government claims by, this, by Noah, uh, that uh, the... That extreme weather event vent frequency is increasing. It is not. It is flat as a board.
1: It is great to have you on the program once again. You've been very generous with your time. Dr. John clouser keep at it. Go hard. Maintain the rage. Great to have you on the program. Thank you. Fantastic. There you go, Dr. John clouser an American experimental and theoretical physicist who speaks common sense. And I'm sorry they get stuck into him about his theory on clouds being the thermostat. It makes a hell of a lot of sense to me. And if you've got solar panels, it would make a hell of a lot of sense to you as well. Let's take a break on TNT Radio.
7: With his expert analysis and opinion.
0: This is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea.
7: Adam Johnson and Matt Petgrave squared off last month in an elite ice hockey league game in England. During the game, Petgrave slashed Johnson under his chin, and Johnson quickly bled out. That's not the real story, however, as horrific as it might be. The real story is how the manslaughter charges against Petgrave, which were handed down this week, are being reported around the world. Man charged in ice hockey death. Man charged in Adam Johnson death. Not murder, death. And not Petgrave, man. Why would the media downplay this event? Oh, did I forget to mention? Yes, Johnson is white, and Grave is black. And you can be certain that if the roles were reversed, we would have had days of rage, we would have had cities burned down, we would have had marches and protests, we would have had boycotts of the ice hockey team involved. But no, Johnson's white, so bygones. This double standard must end. For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio.
5: Right, I've got cancer. I've been trying to tell the rest of you, but no one's listening. And I don't just mean you, ears. Eyes, would you look in the damn toilet for once? Hands, roll those sleeves and take a sample. And legs, trot off to the doctor to get me looked at. Because bowel cancer can be successfully treated when detected early now look who's finally woken up
0: this is the chris smith show on today's news talk tnt
1: radio couple of quick comments on our chat box on tntradio.live alex says the un the wef and the who are all living hoaxes uh one here from chris if you want to remove carbon from the atmosphere you just need to plant more trees as the former Prime Minister of Australia, Tony Abbott, was adamant about, not build wind turbines. The people spruking this total BS are taking us all for idiots. Other factors they have in place are ensuring that the next generation are programmed to believe this absurdity. Yeah, because no teacher, no curriculum is willing to tell the truth about the fact that countries outside of China really can't change the temperature of the planet if you believe that CO2 is the nasty, if you believe that CO2 is the nasty. And most of us don't. Uh, And Lozzy says they fearmonger and the sheep in the population believe and follow. Now, each and every day, during this war between Israel and Hamas. We've seen some very combative media coverage outside of the Middle East, from fierce television studio debate between Israeli and Palestinian supporters to the various Israeli spokespeople clashing with hosts. And I've played some of it for you in recent weeks. But the talk of the mainstream media today has been a challenging, almost offensive question from a Sky News UK host yesterday to a government spokesman for the Israeli government about the hostage deal. Now, listen to this. Elon Levy appeared on The Breakfast Program to discuss the temporary ceasefire, which is expected to begin in one hour, all about, what is it, 15 minutes from now, with hostages due to leave Gaza in about eight hours and 15 minutes from now. But It was a pointed question about the prisoner swap, which left Levy gobsmacked and momentarily speechless. Have a listen to this.
2: At the moment, Hamas is coming under unrelenting military pressure and we've had it begging for a breather because it's getting clobbered. After the first 50 hostages are released, Hamas will have a decision to make. For every 10 additional hostages it releases, we are willing to agree to another one-day pause in the fighting. And if Hamas wants that time uh, for another breather, they can release those hostages and we will continue putting pressure on Hamas until we get everyone home. We are committed, that is our obligation as a state, it goes to the deepest values of the Jewish people, releasing people from captivity. We're determined to bring them all home. We won't leave any of them behind.
3: I was speaking to a hostage negotiator this morning. He made the comparison between the 50 hostages hostages that Hamas has promised, um, promised to release, as opposed to the 150 prisoners that are Palestinians that Israel has said that it will release. And he made the com- comparison between the numbers and the fact that, that does Israel not think that Palestinian lives are valued as highly as Israeli lives?
2: That is an astonishing accusation. If we could release one prisoner for every one hostage, we would obviously do that. We are operating in horrific circumstances. We're not choosing to release these prisoners who have blood on their hands. We are talking about people who have been convicted of stabbing and shooting attacks. Notice the question of proportionality doesn't interest Palestinian supporters when they are able to get more of their prisoners out. But really, it is outrageous to suggest that the fact that we are willing to release prisoners who are convicted of terrorism offences, more of them than we are getting our own innocent children back, somehow suggests that we don't care about Palestinian lives. Really, that's a disgusting accusation.
1: You really do have to have a foul appreciation for Jewish people to twist the theory of why you would release 150 prisoners for only 50 hostages to say that. You really would have to be twisted to say that they're only doing that because they don't value Palestinian lives. This is a must demanding that for everyone that we release, we want three. Who else is demanding that what the what the Israelis go? well, we've got to give you three for one because we don't oh come on. you really have to be a twisted unit to argue that and that's what they did on Sky News UK and then she has the temerity to ask the question. No wonder he was gobsmacked. look seriously for all that You know, Israel is responsible for, for all the disproportionate action they've taken in Gaza. And there's been a hell of a lot of it, including a lot of children's lives that should not have been lost. For all that, what a a twisted low-life question that is. Seriously. What a theory. Now, I need to give you an update on a couple of other things while we're still going. Uh, In New York, investors have pulled more than $1 US dollars from crypto exchange Binance over the past 24 hours after its chief, Chung Peng Zhao, stepped down. Now, Zhao pleaded guilty in a case this week involving a years-long US illicit finance probe and could face prison time. That's been well publicized. The deal in which Binance will pay $4.3 billion to US authorities raises questions over the future of the world's largest crypto exchange and marks another blow for an industry beset by scandals. Binance was, for those who have never used it, Binance was the bank for crypto. There were others, but this was the bank predominantly. And now it's on its knees. Uh, Zhao has been replaced by Richard Tang, a senior Binance executive who joined in 2021. Data from crypto analytics platforms signaled some investors had been rattled by the news, pulling more than $1 billion from the exchange, which would be massive. They said the outflows were small compared to the more than $65 billion of assets that remain in Binance. But still... It is a real indication that um, people are scared and they won't turn to Binance after all of that. A recent poll, I don't know what goes through the heads of Democrats, but have a listen to this. A recent poll shows that Hillary Clinton is among the Democrats' top picks for the party's primary if Joe Biden doesn't stand. Are you serious? most of the 2000 plus respondents to the harvard harris poll said they have doubts about president biden's mental fitness no joke uh while more voters said he is worsening as president rather than improving that is a fact that is a fact for those of us who watch syllables for those of us who watch frames not snippets i'm telling you he has worsened he hasn't improved Around three in five of all likely voters said President Biden shouldn't run for the second term. These are Democrats, though they were sharp partisan differences. But Hillary Clinton is heavy duty favorite to take his place. Now, that doesn't seem to be happening. There is no movement within the party to recruit Hillary Clinton. There's a bit of movement about Gavin Newsom and, you know, a bit of speculation Um, about Michelle Obama, but no movement on Hillary. And yet the Democrats, the voters themselves would entertain Hillary Clinton coming back into the fold. Heaven help us all. We'll take a break. We'll get some news for you. And then after that, we'll catch up with our Friday political animal, John Ruddick, And plenty more coming your way right here on The Chris Smith Show on TNT Radio.